The Full Spectrum Podcast, presented by Champions and Legends. Champions and Legends produces hemp-derived CBD sports supplements for athletic preparation, performance, and recovery. Discover Champions and Legends on the World Wide Web at championsandlegends.com. This is the Full Spectrum Podcast with Big Data and Maverick, available wherever you get your podcasts. Big Data, we're back, baby. We're back. I love it. I, can I tell you something? I miss you. I miss you during the week. We don't see each other. We don't talk. This COVID has killed us and our relationship. But, hey, at least we have the Full Spectrum Podcast bringing us together each and every week. You know, thankfully for our livers, we don't see each other anymore. Speak but for yourself, buddy. Speak for yourself. Otherwise. <laughs> I, think, I think I've become worse, to be quite honest with you. Is it, is it okay for somebody to drink a bottle of whiskey by themselves a week? That's not right. It can't be right, right? Connor McDavid does it for sure. Oh, boy. And you know what? Or does he anymore? We'll get to that very, very soon. You know, I was looking at the numbers, uh, our downloading numbers. I'm seeing, And, you know, it gives you regions. And I'm seeing California's coming up quite a bit. And I say to myself last week, you know, we were talking about a uh, little J-Lo, a little uh, breakup with A-Rod and, and all this stuff. And you gave out some amazing stats. You gave out the numbers. People need these analytics this day and age. And I can't help but feel like, did, was J-Lo listening and then saying, hey, you know what? I need to get back in the saddle. That big data was right. She's now with the Batman, Ben Affleck. Is this... Is this crazy? Am I crazy to think she's using your numbers to get back in the saddle? What she's doing is it's a remix of her old relationship. She's, <laughs> you know? she's, she's gone ahead and she's remixed an old song from the early 2000s and she's, she's brought it back. She's and brought his, it back. His name, and I guess, is it Benifer again? Are we, can we, is it a new name or is, what is it? Well, you're the technology guy. It's Benefer 2.0, right? Wouldn't that be the right I way love it. Yeah. I love it. That's what we got to do. Or it could be Benefer V1.0788.7.65. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, now, let me ask you this. Who do you think made the first phone call? Let's be honest here. Okay. Based on the numbers that you supplied to all of us on the Full Spectrum podcast, this is what I think. I think she was the caller. I think she breaks up with A-Rod and she goes, you know what? I'm going to do that Gretzky quote. You miss 100% of the shots you never take. She goes, I got to make the call. I got some unfinished business with the Batman. I'm going to give him a call. Or do you think he called her? What do you think? Thoughts? So, you know, we established that when J-Lo gets into a relationship, uh, she's pretty much ready to commit. She wants to commit. She'll either get engaged. She'll get married most of the time. You know, A-Rod was not like that. And, you know, outside of one person, I think Ben Affleck has a pretty similar uh, profile to the A-Rod. So, so I think she, she's ready to go anytime she, she hooks it up. But I, I don't think Ben is, uh, is uh, long-term material. Well, here, here's the thing. You know, we've all been in love and we've all broken up at least once in our lives, I'm sure. I mean, you're you're the kind of guy, Big Data, and for those that don't know, you were the breaker-upper. You know, a lot of women are still probably holding their picture, looking at you going, hey, I messed up. 
I need the big data back in my life. But hey, it doesn't matter. You moved on. You know, I've moved on and this and that. But when you do break up, there's a little heart. You know, there's a little, your heart's uh, broken a little bit. And so what do you do? A lot of people, they go right to the fridge. They start eating a lot. They get into that. Or they do the opposite. They start working out really hard. Or the third thing, they go out and they buy the Minnesota Timberwolves. A-Rod has done the, the third thing. He and a group have gotten together and they are pulling their money. And it looks like they're only a couple of steps away. A-Rod is getting over J-Lo by buying an NBA franchise. Let's break it down here, Mavericks. So A-Rod's partner is a gentleman by the name of Mark Lore. He was recently running the e-commerce at a small little store called Walmart. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll like this. He also had a company that he started called diapers.com. Love that idea. Great, great idea. So him and A-Rod are 50-50 partners. They bought the Timberwolves, or they're, uh, they seem to have closed the deal essentially today uh, to buy the Timberwolves for $1.5 billion. Nice so, price. you know, it sounds like a lot of money, but let's, let's look at it. So the Timberwolves are the valued at the third lowest uh, amount in the NBA. They were valued at $1.4 billion uh, by a few different outlets. Mostly Forbes usually does that. And so they got $1.5 billion, so pretty good for uh, the current owner who purchased the Timberwolves for $88 million. Not bad of a price. So, <laughs> That's a good return. Not he's returned return. 17 times his money uh, since he bought the – and the Wolves were actually on the way out. They were going to go to New Orleans. Uh, so he saved them. Uh, he kept them – in Minnesota. Now, the Timberwolves make about, they're in the low 200 millions in revenue uh, per season. You know, this year's a bit of an outlier, but but previous to that, um, I think they're about 214 million, which again, third lowest in the league. Their payroll, though, uh, you know, they have a couple good, decent players. Uh, they got Carl Anthony Towns, um, who you know, makes a lot of money, but it's worth it. Uh, D'Angelo Russell makes a lot of money. Not quite sure if he's worth it. Uh, Malik Beasley makes some pretty good money, and they got the number one pick, Anthony Edwards, who's he's a number one overall pick, but he's still on a rookie deal, so pretty reasonable there. But their payroll, $130 million this year, 14th in the league. So, so they're a low-revenue, low-value team, but they spend quite a bit on payroll. Uh, now... Their stadium was built 30 years ago. Uh, it's owned by the city of Minneapolis. Uh, it's operated by the Anschutz uh, Group, which means they probably pay a pretty, pretty decent penny for rent. Uh, the, the, the owner um, selling to A-Rod and Mark Laurier wants to keep the team in Minnesota. So he's, he's selling it to them with the intention that they'll keep it in Minnesota. Additionally, the NBA is pretty hard on folks trying to move teams. So uh, unless they're getting a raw deal in Minnesota, which doesn't seem like they particularly are, uh, you know, the NBA would would have a hard time letting them move. Uh, But they only have a $50 million buyout on their lease, even though the lease goes for another 15 years. So, you know, tough to see how A-Rod and Laurie are going to make 
uh, a lot of money uh, from this deal. Like the new NBA TV deal just kicked in not that long ago. Uh, so it'll be, you know, five plus years till they negotiate a new national deal again. So they're, you know, the upside and the revenue uh, over the short term isn't, isn't a ton. Uh, you know, there's, they have all four major sports in Minneapolis. Uh, so, you know, there's some competition locally for suites and advertisers and those kind of things. So uh, I think with, with the low revenue and the high payroll, you know, older stadium competition, you know, with the Vikings and I don't know how much competition the twins are or, or the wild, but, but for sure the Vikings are a serious, serious competition for, for fan dollars. So I would say overall, you know, they paid top dollar. Uh, they got one of the lower valued franchises and historically the NBA has been a pretty great uh, business to own over time, but I think they just missed the explosion of, of the team values and, I just can't see how much more they would be valued in the next few years, and I think so. I think it's going to be an interesting and difficult place to make. You know, you know, they're definitely not going to make seventeen times their investment like the previous owner has. Yeah, you know what? Well said, Big Data, and thank you for running those number down. A few things I picked up on. So you got a Rod plus the Diaper King working together. They buy for one point five billion, as you say, right? The guy that owned it before buys it for what? Would you say eighty million or eight hundred? Eighty-eight million, yeah. Eighty-eight million sells for one point five. Unbelievable numbers there. So this is what a two things. Can you haggle on? Do you think they're allowed to haggle? It's like, come on, one point five for this team, the worst franchise in major in major league sports. I mean, they have literally the worst record of all sports franchises across the league. They should have been able to get it maybe for a one point three five. I think they overpaid a little bit. And here's another thing. If you're in a trouble, you call the number one guy, John Spano. Remember John Spano from the New York <laughs> Islanders? He almost bought the team with nothing, like literally just credit, and he didn't have a dollar to his name. That's who they should have brought in this deal, and they probably would have got it basically for free. They probably didn't even need to pay the $1.5 billion. The hilarious thing is, so Glenn Taylor is the owner's name, and you know he's, he's tangled with a couple of uh, – would be purchasers before so actually the opposite happens where he enters these uh, you know like he gives a exclusive uh, bidding window of like 30 or 40 days kind of thing so he had a 30 day one with a rod and uh, he actually squeezes the buyer in those 30 days because you know they kind of feel like they've already bought the team and then you get down to do the real negotiations, you know, the detail stuff. And that's where he sticks it to you. So I, th I think he juiced A-Rod and, and Lori for, for an extra $100 million or so in this, uh, you know, because they'd already announced it to everybody they know, right, in this yeah. exclusive negotiating window. So, so I think the opposite happened. Instead of getting a better deal, they got fleeced a little bit more. I think you're absolutely right. And let's just throw this in. That gentleman, Mr. Taylor, he probably looked at the situation going, wait a minute, Ben Affleck, J-Lo, he needs this team. He's feeling it. He squeezes them a little bit more and says, hey, hey, A-Rod, I mean, you know, wouldn't it be nice to beat the Celtics at least a couple of times in the year? You know, make it really known that you're the guy. It, it had to have played in the negotiation, I promise you. And now when A-Rod gets that this team and he goes into that locker room and he's like, dude, I don't care if we win two games this whole season, but those two games are going to be against the Boston Celtics. We do not lose to the Boston <laughs> Celtics here in Minnesota. I love it. They play twice a season. 
be the best east-west rivalry we have in the nba <laughs> <laughs> there it is from there big data is not wrong speaking of boston let's quickly talk about the nfl they just dropped the season uh the the regular season schedule out there and there are some dandies in week one i told you guys it's one of my favorite times of the year thursday night it's the defending super bowl champions the tampa bay buccaneers versus america's team jerry's team it's against the dallas cowboys i am very much looking forward to that one green bay's playing the saints the steelers and the bills the jets taking on the panthers we will find out right off the bat sam darnold versus zach wilson who wins that battle right in week one and it's new england versus the dolphins but here nfl i'm gonna give you an idea me and big data we were putting our minds together and this is what we're gonna say Come week four, this is where you guys are, where you guys already are the top of the top when it comes to the food chain and in sports. It's time for pay-per-view. Why? What are you talking about? We're never going to do this. New England, Tampa Bay, Tom makes his return to Foxborough in week four. This will blow out any McGregor numbers, any Mayweather numbers, whatever you want. Big data. I love week one, but week four, how excited are you to to sit down and watch? Like, I don't care what's going on. That is leave daddy alone day. You got to watch Tom versus Bill. How excited are you? It's super exciting. My favorite part was actually Brady's tweet when he said that, you know, it's like when your high school friends meet your college friends. <laughs> Great line from Tom. Totally true. He's mixing his friends together. Uh, I think it's going to be, you know, a high-level game. I can't even imagine, you know, I'm guessing it's going to be full stadium by then. Just, like, how intense that crowd's going to be in Foxborough. It's going to be – I don't think we've seen anything like it in, in NFL history. I mean, I can't – maybe if Kansas City went to play – uh, San Francisco back when they had Joe Montana, maybe right. not even is really not even the same. Uh, is the only thing I can I can think of as a comp. It's going to be the highest rated game, regular season game in NFL history. I'm quite sure of that. Oh, 100 percent. It's basically the pre Super Bowl. This is not that they're going to play each other in the Super Bowl. God willing, God willing, that could happen. But in all honesty, that is going to be unbelievable. And you're right. I mean. What like just thinking about it? Will the fans be on his side? Will they be against him? Probably against him. But he's coming back. He's got this attitude. Tom's got a little bit of this uh, attitude right now, and it sounds like more and more that Tom and Bill really maybe didn't like each other this whole time. They were uber successful together, but maybe this animosity. And again, I go back to it. Mr. Kraft is going to come down to the dressing room. Bill's going to walk into that dressing room. Guys, we we can lose every single game. We do not lose this one game. This is the only game we don't lose all year. It's going to be epic. I'm super pumped about it. And really, you know, for the Patriots, at this moment, uh, I mean, going into the offseason here, they're nowhere near as good as Tampa Bay. Like, there's a serious... Uh, talent gap between the two teams. Uh, I know Foxborough, they always have the great home field advantage, but really looking at it right now, I mean, Tampa is way more loaded than, than the Patriots could even 
even with all their free agent signings, I, I don't even think it's particularly close. Well, this is this truly is, and I think one of the reasons a lot of fans are looking forward to the media and everyone is because we really will find out: is it the system? Or is it the player? The answer will be laid out for us on week four in the NFL season. Absolutely looking forward to it. Staying on the NFL front for a couple of more seconds, it was just it just happened the other day and the internet blew up again. Why? Tim Tebow is back. He took a 10-year break. He wanted to play a little baseball. He was bored. He saw his college coach, Mr. Urban Meyer, sign and get ready with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They went out and got their number one quarterback. He ain't going to play quarterback. He's going to play tight end because he thinks he can do that now. Big data. The reason the internet blew up wasn't just because Tim's coming back. It's also because there was a guy. Oh, what's his name? Oh, yeah, right. Colin Kaepernick, who really hasn't had a sniff since he left. A lot of people calling out the NFL and calling out the the owners saying, hey, guys, how is it that Tim can come back with no problems? 10-year layoff, wasn't even that great. The lowest uh, percentage of, of uh, passer rating in NFL history for a starting quarterback, and you're not even giving Colin a sniff? What are your thoughts on Tim coming back and Colin really never getting a chance ever? Well, I think you're totally right. If everyone's buying this Tim Tebow as a tight end business, I am not. Urban Meyer, I'm on to you. Yeah. I know you want Tim Tebow to be your quarterback week one while you're getting Trevor Lawrence ready. <laughs> I know this is your plan. Even if he is a tight end, you'll probably flex Trevor Lawrence out, put him under center, and start you know running some wildcat plays. I mean, the Kaepernick thing, it's just – I mean, he's essentially he's banned from the NFL. There's, there's no other way to put it. There's been so many horrific quarterbacks that we'd have had to endure – over the past five years that it's just inconceivable that Kaepernick couldn't have made a team. Uh, so I don't even look at it that, that, you know, they, they overlooked him. I think he's just league wide. I just feel like he's banned and, you know, he wasn't even, an, not even an option for anybody anyway, um, which is a different story and, and sad in itself. But in the end, I mean, urban has gotten in trouble several times in his life with players, with coaches. He's a hard-headed, stubborn guy, and he wants what he wants, and he usually gets it. And a lot of times it backfires on him. So uh, I think in the end, Jacksonville area, I mean, that's Florida, Gator territory. I mean, Tim Tebow levitates on the water in that part of Florida. Uh, There's no downside from a fan perspective. They love him. Uh, they love the reunion with Urban Meyer. Uh, I think the Jacksonville fans are probably geeked out. And, and why not do something for the fans? They've really let them down other than Minshew Magic the last <laughs> the last year or two. Um, but they just, yeah, it's for the fans. And it's kind of, like a, kind of like a wrestling thing almost more than an NFL thing, I think. Well, weirdly enough, the WWE is down in Florida. That's where they've been since this pandemic. Could be. Um, I don't, you know, I, I really quickly, I'm going to say one word or two, a name, Taysom Hill. He had such an amazing season last year coming in and over the last few years, kind of doing what maybe Urban Meyer wants to do with Tim. Like, as you were talking, I'm like, maybe this is what he wants to do. Look, the NFL has definitely changed over the last little while. Do I think that Tim Tebow 
is the answer to that question? No. But for Urban, you got to remember, it worked for him in Florida. Two-time Heisman Trophy winner, national champion. Why wouldn't you go to the guy that kind of helped you out? I mean, even if it's the wrong choice, maybe it's just something he's playing with. You're going to go with a guy you trust. I get it. But going to the Kaepernick thing, look, with all due respect to all the Kaepernick fans and everything like that, yeah, he's blackballed. And we also have to remember, he did beat the NFL in, in a court case. He won money. So would you, if you had lost a court case, and would you be eager to bring that guy back into your business? And the reality is, why are we surprised? This is what it is. It's an interesting story. Uh, not to say that it's right or wrong, but, I mean, people can't be that surprised about it. And I just want to say, when you were recapping those great football games coming up, you left out. Uh, Broncos Giants to start the season. An amazing I, matchup. Amazing I left matchup. it out because you know what? I don't know where Aaron's going to be, and I didn't want to talk about it. You know how <laughs> I am about that. That's why I left it out. For from there, let's go over to the NBA. Last week in the great debate, it was me versus you. I've, uh, I, I, Allen Iverson versus Russell Westbrook. I said I'll take Russell because I think he can do it all. I think he's great. You decided to go with Allen Iverson because uh, you're just a ball hog and you like watching a guy score all the time. But Russell did some amazing things over his career, and uh, he did something that I don't think anyone's ever going to break ever again, man. Yeah, so he broke the triple-double record. He has uh, 182 triple-doubles now. Uh, Oscar Robertson held the title with 181. Now, Russ has played 941 games in his career. So basically, one out of every five games, he's had a triple-double. And, you know, the frequency of his triple-doubles has increased uh, in the last few years. Obviously, he had a a couple seasons recently where he averaged a triple-double. I'm going to tell you, so his career stats, he's about 23 points a game, eight and a half assists a game, seven and a half rebounds a game. So that's that's his whole career. Um, his usage is 32.5%. And we, we talked about this with Iverson last week. You know, heavy, all-time heavy usage. Um, and, you know, with the ball in his hands so much and, you know, he his effective field goal percentage is about 47%, which, which frankly is not very good. And with the ball that much, he does turn it over quite a bit. He's averaged four turnovers a game uh, in his career, which which is high as well. Just to give you some perspective, Steph Curry's effective field goal percentage uh, is 58%. His usage is only like 28.5%, and he turns the ball over three times a game for his career. Harden, James Harden, you know, Maverick, your favorite, mm-hmm. five, 52%. Usage rate, 30 points. Sorry, 52% uh, uh, effective field goal percentage. Usage rate about 30.6, so still less than than Russell. 3.7 turnovers a game, so close to Russell on that. And then just to give you just a, a little more perspective, a guy who's been in the league about the same amount of time, Kyle Lowry, 51% effective field goal percentage. Low usage, 21.7. 2.3 turnovers a game. So you can see Westbrook, he's got great stats. He's a great competitor. He has the ball a ton. He's frankly, he's not a very efficient player. So uh, what that means is he just, he goes out, he plays hard, he gets a ton of stats, 
But, you know, just like the Wizards this year, you know, they're in ninth, 10th place in the East, depending on, on each night. And you can just, you know, even the game where he's broke the triple-double record, he came down and fired off a three to win the game, and he missed it. So he's just, he's a really good player. Uh, you really have to make sure that he's focused and he's not taking too many jump shots because, frankly, he's not that good of a shooter. Uh, but he is, I mean, he's a, he's a walking statistic. It just, if he was a little bit more focused in the right areas, maybe he'd, he'd contribute to winning a little bit more. Listen, the guy, the guy, yeah, I mean, to break the triple, the, to have the, the triple record that he has, the triple double record, he's gotta, he's gotta have the ball a lot, big data. And, but look how efficient, okay. He scores a lot. He rebounds a lot. He assists a lot. I mean, for me, I I agree. Okay, maybe he's a little sloppy at times, but man, during that time when he was MVP, there was no do- there was no more. There was not another player out there that was as dominant, and you couldn't control anything he did. I mean, this guy was doing everything you want a, a basketball player to do, and if you could get anybody to even match or get close to that in this new NBA, it's not it's never going to happen. I truly believe this record will stick around for a very, very long time. Yeah, I think it's going to be really tough to break the triple-double record. But, yeah, I just he, he has the ball in his hands a ton. That lifts up all his averages. You know, he's the kind of guy, too, you know, he, he steals three, four rebounds a game off the foul line that your big guys might normally get. So he, he, does, he does do it a little bit. Uh, you know he's a little bit tricky that way, but I just I just feel like if he was if he was more focused on what he's really good at, uh, he, you know he tries to sh- he, you know he just tries to show off a little bit that he can do you know that that he can shoot, and you know he's so devastating driving to the basket that I just feel like if he drove just more, he would just be so much more dominant. And he, frankly, hasn't even really lost much athleticism. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's that not being focused. And yeah, same thing as Harden. When he doesn't have the ball, he's one of the guys, he just stands there, does nothing. Uh, Harden does the same thing. Is a li- you know, for an old school, fundamental basketball player, it's hard. It's hard to watch. You know what? I, I can't wait for him to prove you wrong. And you know when he's going to prove you wrong? I'll tell you when with this stupid for once, I'm going to agree with LeBron James, this stupid play in game. So I'm looking at the Eastern conference standing. I don't want to talk about it too long. Cause I think it's absolutely asinine. This whole scenario. Okay. So seven and eight right now is you got the Celtics at seven, eight are the Hornets, nine are the Pacers and 10 are the wizards. They're about to close it in. They have a two game lead on the bulls. Now follow me on this. So seven and eight have to play each other. Winner automatically becomes the seven. The loser of the 7 8 game, so let's assume it's the Hornets in this case, we'll just argue and say, take on the winner of the Pacers Wizards. Pacers Wizards. I mean, when you're a 9 and a 10 team, back in the day, you just go home. Now they actually have a chance to be the 8 seed. Like the fact that a team that's in 10th place can automatically jump two spots and become the 8 seed, what's the use of the regular season then? I don't get this. I, I think LeBron's onto something. This is dumb. I don't know if you remember those uh, Kevin Garnett, Gary Payton, Nike commercials. Are you the fun police, Maverick? (laughs) Why are you ruining fan bases fun? Guess what? 
seven seeds, eight seeds, nine seeds, ten seeds, they never win the NBA championship. They just don't. Anyone who says that a seven seed should just get into the playoffs, it's it's meaningless anyways. Why not let there be fun, single-game, possible eliminations for certain teams, mm-hmm. and let's have more fan bases enjoy getting into the playoffs. And hey, even like in the NCAA this year, look at UCLA had to get into that first four game. Right. And they they got their stuff together and they made it all the way to the final four. Maybe maybe one of these teams in the play-in actually figures something out and actually causes a problem for one of the higher seeds for the first time in forever. All right. You know what? You somewhat convinced me a little bit, but why can't they just do this? Seven versus 10 and eight versus nine. Just make it a little normal. This whole play one, lose one, you're in now. I like. I don't want to think. This is sports. My whole thing is to sit on the couch. I don't want to uh, grab my calculator and figure out what's going on. This is. Uh, th- that's all I ask. Just make this easy on me. Uh, this is too much for me. Too much. All right? Just, just look at your Twitter. You'll be fine. <laughs> all right. <laughs> From there, I will really want to. I want to touch on something really quick. Forbes magazine came out with the highest-paid athletes today, according to the Forbes magazine. At number one, ladies and gentlemen, Connor Mc, McGregor comes at number one, one hundred and eighty million. Uh, Lionel Messi at number two at one hundred and thirty. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo at number three at one hundred and twenty. Dak Prescott made the list at number four at one hundred and seven. Thanks, Jerry. That's all I'm going to say. That's all Jerry. That's not you, Dak. I'm sorry. And number number five is Mr. LeBron James. Very, very interesting and exciting stuff. But where I want to segue that is over to the great debate. But before we get to that, big data, were you surprised when I told you that Conor McGregor is the highest paid athlete in, uh, according to Forbes? It is surprising, more so from the fact that, you know, he has this whiskey business, Proper 12, and he's sold his share in it, and they're counting his whiskey business as part of his sports income, which just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, okay, fine. I mean, yes, he made a ton of money. He's got another business. I mean, when LeBron does Space Jam 2, are they going to add the box office of Space Jam to his his salary? <laughs> and he'll be like at $800 million next year? Like, I don't understand what they're doing here. <laughs> I don't know either. I, I don't know how it all works out, but you're absolutely right. He did sell that. I think it was like $600 million he sold his stake for proper tell. So if that is, and you're absolutely right, that's true. Yeah, this number is a little skewered, especially after he got his ass whooped uh, against Poirier in his last fight. You'd, you'd be surprised. Did he get uh, some, some extra money on the side for that? Who knows? Hey, I'm just throwing that out there. But let's go over to the great debate, grab a drink, sit down with your friends. Let's talk about it. Forbes magazine last week came out with the most lucrative sports franchises. At number one, it's the Dallas Cowboys, $5.7 billion. Number two is the New York Yankees at $5.25. The New York Knicks at five, an even $5 billion. Barcelona, uh, $4.76. And Real Madrid at $4.75. Uh, the Lakers, if you're cared to know, is at 4.6, and uh, I don't know the New England Patriots at 4.4 billion. Big data. Here's the great debate question: If you could own any sports franchise, the ones I just named, or anyone off the list, who would it be? You know, 
I mean, I'm going to stick to the list because you know what I would pick if, if if I could pick anything. I'm going to go with, I think it would be pretty cool to own Barcelona. I mean, pretty sweet place to live. Um, great fan base, great players. I really like how they have that really great like academy program where they identify these kids at a young age and get them into their program. And then they, they have this really good culture too, where you're have this Barcelona culture and, and a lot of the players, frankly, don't really leave. Uh, A lot of them want to stay there, you know, for life. So it seems like excellent culture, excellent record, excellent setup financially and pretty sweet place to live. You know what? That's a great pick. And you know what? I had it on my list, but I have to be a homer. I'm going to go after my Packers. Why? Because it's obvious. A, number at number one reason I want to buy them, they're for a mere $3 billion. All I got to do is buy out all the, sta- uh, all the shareholders. It's going to be a hostile takeover. And you know who I'm doing it with? Mr. John Spano, we're going to get it for nothing. We're going to get this for nothing. And then I'm going to go over to Aaron's locker and I'm going to make him sit down and listen to the reason. The GM, he's fired. And you know what, Aaron? You might be fired too. We're starting from scratch, Green Bay fan. We're starting from scratch. I thought you were going to say you were going to make Aaron the GM. (laughs) You know what? We'll see how Jeopardy goes. I can't compete with Jeopardy. There it is, everybody. There it is. The Full Spectrum Podcast coming at you one more week. You know, I had a great time on this one because now I feel like I actually have a chance. If I call John, I'm pretty sure he's doing, you know, if he's not out of jail, he's getting out of jail really quick, big data. The way I look at it, I think I might have a chance with this Packer thing. I think I might have a chance. Anytime Spanos is involved, everything's in play. I I just got to go check my credit. I have no idea what my credit score is. I got to go find that. There it is, everybody. Enjoy. Have a great week. And one last thing. Don't think we forgot about you, Mr. Patrick Vellner. I'm taking a look. The semifinals, May 28th, June 20th. We're waiting. I see that you're in. We're waiting. We're waiting. We won't say anything. Good luck to you, sir. And uh, have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye. Bring it home, Pat. The Full Spectrum Podcast, presented by Champions and Legends. Champions and Legends produces hemp-derived CBD sports supplements for athletic preparation, performance, and recovery. Discover Champions and Legends on the World Wide Web at championsandlegends.com. Take that for data. Get out of the meatloaf!